0: The full commission makes a decision on the local community radio act, what they got right and what they got wrong. Coming up. REC FCC today. E-G Bradley. This is FCC today for Monday, September 26, 2022. On Friday, the FCC, the full commission reached a memorandum opinion and order on a Translator application that was filed during the AM translator filing windows. This was an application for Capstar Texas LLC, otherwise known as iHeartMedia. And this was for a new translator in Modesto, California. This translator application was met with a petition to deny by an individual named Justin Howes. Now, Howes asserted that the grant of the application would violate Section 5 of the Local Community Radio Act, which requires the FCC to assure that licensing opportunities are available for all secondary services, that licensing decisions are made based on need of the community, and that LPFMs, translators, and boosters remain equal in status and secondary to full-service stations. House claimed that in the aftermath of auction eighty three, there was a limit on the number of translator applications, and that an anti-preclusion study was required. The media Bureau denied the petition to deny holding that there was nothing in the Local Community Radio Act that required the FCC to adopt the auction 83 procedures in future translator auctions. House filed a petition for reconsideration, which was denied, and then subsequently filed an application for review, which is what's currently being considered. Now, in the auction 83 proceeding, Modesto was a 20 by 20 grid. So that meant that we looked at the area that was a a grid of basically 21 uh, minutes by 21 minutes latitude and longitude and counted the number of opportunities for LPFM, as well as the number of translators that were inside the grid. Now, Modesto was in market number 130. At the time when the auction 83 processing took place in 2012. And at that time, the, um, because it was in market 130, the channel floor was five. So this meant that the FCC looked at the number of LPFM stations that were currently in that market grid area. Plus, they looked at opportunities for new stations. And if that number exceeded five, then the market would be considered spectrum available. Otherwise, if there wasn't at least five opportunities or LPFM stations um, in that grid market area, then it would be considered spectrum limited. Since there was one LPFM station and 10 opportunities, that's a total of 11. So, it was a spectrum-available market. And in spectrum-available markets, the preclusion studies were not required because there were opportunities for new LPFM stations. And, in fact, uh, four new LPFMs were added into the Modesto area during the window. So, It did work in this case. So currently, there's five LPFMs in the grid, as well as there's still some opportunities. And this is based on a channel points report that we did this year. So therefore, under the FCC's old way of handling this, Modesto would still be a spectrum available market. So the argument of saying that, hey, a a preclusion study was required was completely out of line because this would have been handled if if they had handled auction 99 and auction 100 like they did auction 83 the translators would have had no issues going in there because it was it would have been a spectrum available market what did the fcc get right first of all this decision is correct because of the fact that there was no specific auction uh, procedures Regarding LCRA Section 5, when the ground rules for the filing window were announced, nobody, including REC, intervened and said, hey, you've got to do this differently. I'll tell you why REC did not intervene. It's because this window was extremely limited and it addressed a lot of the issues that we had in regards to future filing windows. First of all, this window was limited to AM licensees only, and they could only apply for one translator per station, per AM station. And that's only if they did not participate in the, uh, the 2016 opportunity where the FCC allowed Minor changes to go up to 250 miles away, in order to, um, you know, in order to bring uh, a, a translator into an area in order to provide AM service. The whole theory that uh, that Justin House was saying is just blown out of the water here. In this case, there's no trafficking because the licenses that were granted in auction 99 and 100 had to stay with the AM station. They were permanently married to that AM station, so they couldn't get the translator and then turn around and resell it, kind of like what radio assistant Edgewater did back after the 2003 auction 83 window. That was not even part of the equation, For this window, there was no trafficking opportunities. There was no opportunity for abuse and therefore it was a fairly smooth window. A lot of folks were still feeling a lot of heartburn from the 2016 move opportunity because it did bring a lot of translators into more urban areas, and it did deplete some LPFM opportunities. Now, the question back then was, well, why didn't the LCRA protect the 2016 stations? And a very simple reason for that. It's because those 2016 moves were not for new licenses. And the LCRA specifically states in there when licensing new stations. And these 250 mile moves were not new stations per se. They weren't ungranted construction permits. They were not seen as being under the jurisdiction of the LCRA. I agree with the FCC on that decision. So in this case, there was a community need. And some of you may disagree with me on this, but to me, providing new translators for AM stations, especially the Class C and D AM stations that have very limited or no nighttime service. This is a community need, especially for these small communities where a lot of these Class Cs are. This is the, the revitalization that we needed. Now, was it, a, was it as much of a community need in a more metropolitan area? Probably not. But in these small towns, this was a lifesaver for a lot of these smaller AM stations, especially the standalone ones, have at least some kind of foot still in the game. We're seeing AM stations disappearing left and right, and a lot of them that are disappearing are the ones that did not take advantage of the window either because they couldn't or because they didn't. What the FCC got wrong in the original Media Bureau decision and what was upheld in this uh, full commission memorandum re- opinion and order was the fact that the LCRA does not have any jurisdiction over any future filing windows for new translators. I absolutely disagree with that statement. It does. And for every translator filing window, any opportunity... For the licensing of new translators, new LPFMs, and new FM boosters, we do have to take Section 5 of the LCRA into consideration. There's nothing in the LCRA that says that Section 5 expires after a certain date. There isn't. Now, again, we went through auction 99 and 100, and the justification for community need there was the fact that it was to help AM stations and that the distribution of licenses was extremely limited. Okay, that's auction 99 and 100. We need to move forward. You know, we're hoping for an LPFM window in 2023. All the signs are pointing to it, but nothing obviously is confirmed yet. The FCC still has to do point hearings um, where they consider the points in, in the groups of mutually exclusive applications in the NCE window from last year. So once they get through those 60 or so MX groups, which may take about two or three point hearings to do, then I think the FCC is going to start getting into gear on a LPFM window. But that brings us to the next point is what's going to happen after the LPFM window is over with? And after those MX groups are decided, obviously, the attention is going to shift back to the other secondary service that has to wait for filing window, FM translators. Now, since there's no specific agenda that's been identified like there was with AM revitalization, this will probably be a come one, come all, who walk or crawl kind of filing window. Now, what REC is asking for is that the FCC do something that they have not done since the Bechtel versus FCC decision back a couple decades ago, and that is do a translator window in the reserved band, that's the 881 to 91.9 band on the point system. That's one of the things that we've asked for. And we've proposed rules. We put in a petition for rulemaking that proposed some specific rule changes, specifically how fill-in translators are being handled. In the reserve band, fill-in translators have priority over everything else. Well, those rules were written before there was HD radio. They were written before there was AM fill-in stations. So, those rules need to be relooked at, and we've, pr- we've made some proposals on that. But then after that, there's going to have to be a general filing window in the commercial band, in the 92.1 to 107.9 band for new FM translators. We do not want to see a repeat of what happened in 2003. I keep having to remind the FCC, the media bureau, the commissioner staff that the LCRA is still in force and you can't just cherry pick pieces of the LCRA and enforce them. Now, while the LCRA was not enforced directly in auction 99 and 100, the spirit of the LCRA was based on the limitations. But if we have a general filing window coming up sometime in a few years for new FM translators, my expectation is is that the LCRA Section 5 is taken fully into consideration. And some of the things that we did back in 2012 in the aftermath of auction 83 need to go into that future filing window. They also need to go into the uh, filing window for the reserve ban, too. A few things that we're asking for to eliminate the carve-out that's currently in effect right now for FM translators in the anti-trafficking rule. Right now, uh, under the anti-trafficking rule for full power stations, for TV translators, for LPTV stations, if the facility is unbuilt, you can only assign it and sell it for reasonable and prudent charges. You cannot make a profit off of it. That rule did not exist for the FM translators back in 2003. And we saw a flurry, millions of dollars being traded on unbuilt construction permits, basically given out as non-commercial by the government, a free government handout. People were making millions on this free government handout for just a piece of paper that says, yeah, you can build. We're looking at that. We're looking at application caps. We're looking at bringing back the grids, the preclusion studies. We've uh, designed a new method of doing the anti-preclusion studies. These are the things that we're looking at. Bottom line, the FCC got the Modesto decision correctly, but that does not mean that the FCC is off the hook for the LCRA Section 5 in the future. LCRA Section 5 is still in force, and I keep having to remind them, not just in this proceeding, but also in the geo-targeted boosters proceeding. This is a very important rule, a very important law, I should say, that was put in place to protect local community radio, and we expect that the FCC needs to follow it going forward. Today. FCC Today, the podcast, is available through Podbean, iHeart, Apple Podcasts, and other places where you get podcasts. It's also distributed to YouTube. If you're listening there, please like this video and subscribe to this channel for more audio and video content on the FCC and other things on the Mind of the Michi. FCC Today is always on at today. REC's official website is RECnet.com. The jingles are from Jam Creative Productions in Jingle Heaven, Dallas, Texas. And remember, at REC, the advice is free. But if you feel that it's worth more, please visit RECnet.com and click on that Donate button and show your support. We'll see you soon for another one of these. REC. REC.